Welcome to Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus. I'm your host, Kim Smith. We're on episode 167. In times of blessing, keep your eyes on the Lord. So we all have our own struggles. And we all struggle to keep our focus on God and His purposes. It's human nature to focus on ourselves. And that is what takes no effort whatsoever <laughs> to get us all turned around on me, mine, what I need, what I want, what I've accomplished, what I want to accomplish. Like nobody has to train us in that way. I mean, think about babies. Does anybody have to train them to be me-centric? <laughs> Not even close. Because it comes naturally to have our focus on ourselves. And... I'm wondering about you. So when you have difficult circumstances, I'm not going to go into great details, but the last couple of days have been challenging for me and for many people who I care about. We got some news yesterday that changed a lot of people's thoughts about their present and their future kind of shook some foundations. And when those times come for me, I am more apt to turn my focus to God because in the midst of having my foundation shaken, I look to the foundation that can never be shaken. For some people, when they have those very challenging times of life, that's when they struggle to focus on God because they are so focused on their circumstances or they focus on God as the enemy, like, God, why did you allow this to happen? But... For me, personally, and I would love to hear from you to see if this is something that you've experienced. When I have the most tendency to get in trouble and really lose my focus on the Lord and His purposes, it's when things are going well. When I'm not in a pressure situation. When... I am more on a mountaintop than in a valley. In the valleys, I seek Him. In the mountaintops, sometimes I forget to even thank Him. And that's kind of where we stand this week with our study of the life of King David. So, David, second king of Israel, God's chosen king of the people of Israel. We've been walking our way through First and Second Samuel, 
And we've made it now to 2 Samuel 5 in, I don't know, two to three podcasts ago, we were talking about the fact that David, as a young teenager, was anointed as the next king of Israel. But he had to wait probably about about 15 years until he was age 30 to become king and to realize that dream that God had placed in his heart. And it was a partial fulfillment. And seven years later, he was truly named king of all of Israel. So David's riding high is what it comes down to. We've seen David as we've walked through his life, through the podcast over the last few months. We've seen him in the cave. We've seen him on the run. We've seen him trying to figure out what Saul is up to. And in the majority of those cases, we've seen his focus be on God. Think about it when it came to Goliath. Here, everyone else, including Saul, who is you know much larger than David at this point, they're all focused on the giant. And David is the only one who focuses on the Lord of Heaven's armies, and as a result, he sees the victory. And even in the victory, in that particular case, he stays focused on the Lord. But that's not what we're going to see today. So we're not going to go over a lot of Scripture, but I want you to really reflect Reflect on your own life. Our weekly assignment feature is ask the Lord to show you any area of your focus which is not on Him and His purposes. And I didn't specifically say in that, you know, if you are in a time of plenty, if you are really feeling God's blessings around you, I want you no matter where you are, whether you're in the valley, you are climbing the mountain, you're on top of the mountain, or you don't even know where you are, I just want you to ask the Lord to show you where is it that you are not totally focused on him? Because no matter where we stand in success, in what we consider failure or in just kind of a holding pattern, we are all tempted to take our eyes off the Lord. So David He's he's sitting high. And in 511 says, Then King Hiram of Tyre sent messengers to David along with cedar, timber, and carpenters and stonemasons, and they built David a palace. I mean, he he not only is the ruler of all of Israel now, but one of the enemy areas, King Hiram, I mean, he's coming to build a palace for David. Like even the enemies around them are paying homage to him. Verse 12, it says, And David realized that the Lord had confirmed him as king over Israel and had blessed his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. So let's dissect that particular verse. So first part, And David realized that the Lord had confirmed him as king over Israel. 
David's been waiting on that a long time. God had already anointed him through Samuel the prophet, but it was a long time coming and a lot of miles and a lot of danger and a lot of anxiety for him to finally get to this place. And he realizes that this came from the Lord. And then it says, and had blessed his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. So he wasn't just me-centric. I mean, he did realize that this was about the, the people of God, Israel. But he was in that place of leadership. Now, what does he do? Is this verse 13 going to say... And the Lord built an altar to his God, thanking him for all he had done, thanking him for the times that he had rescued him, thanking him for the fulfilled promise. Well, wouldn't that be nice? But that's not what David did. And sadly, so many times that's not what we do either. Verse 13, after moving from Hebron to Jerusalem, David married more concubines and wives, and they had more sons and daughters. And these were the names of David's sons who were born in Jerusalem. Shemua, Shobab, Nathan, Solomon, Solomon is very important, Ibhar, Elishua, Nepheg, Japheah, Elishama, Iliada, and Ilifalat, or Fale. I don't know how you pronounce that one. He did what? You know, every time I've ever read this set of verses, my heart hurts. Because David had such the opportunity at this point in his career to focus on the Lord, to thank him for his blessings and to turn himself and the kingdom of Israel totally over to the Lord to see what God would do. But instead, David struggled and gave into what we talk about with the lust of the eyes. He married more concubines, which means he already had some, and wives, because he had at least two when he became king of Judah. So, do you kind of get where... I'm coming from with the title of today's lesson, In Times of Blessing, Keep Your Eyes on the Lord. It is so challenging when things are going right to get your eyes on me and mine and lose focus on the Lord and His purposes. And in the midst of that, make one more sinful choice after another. And the reason I say one more is because if we have our eyes on ourselves, that's a sinful choice to begin with. 
It may be natural, but it's that human nature that is not of God because within our own power, within our own strength, we are nothing. So as I was preparing for this mentally this evening, because I'm recording in the evening this time, I was watching a broadcast. And it was a broadcast of a young person. There were other people involved, but my eyes were fixed on a particular young person who has incredible promise to change the world for good. And I watched this person receive one blessing of success heaped upon another blessing of success heaped upon another blessing of success. And it was a beautiful thing. But in the midst, because of preparing for this podcast, I prayed. And I prayed that God would protect this young person from falling to the temptation of thinking it's all about them. And Satan using that as an opportunity to destroy. You know that I usually pick out, a lot of times I pick out a lot of different scriptures to bring alongside our focal verses. This time I just picked one. First Peter. It amazes me when I was reading through these verses the first few verses in 1 Peter 5, that this is Peter. Peter, who had no impulse control. Peter, who cut off the man's ear when the troops came to get Jesus. Peter, who grew a depth as a result of his struggles as a result of his rejection of Christ three times. All of that brought about the leader of the early church. But in 1 Peter 5.8, he says, Stay alert. And even though this was written to a specific group of people, this applies to you and to me. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. I've thought about it for years. And I've thought about the temptations, if I were in Satan's shoes, so to speak, that I would place in front of people. 
And I'm going to tell you right now, there is no doubt that I would have the shininess of success in my arsenal. Because there are many things that draw our focus away from the Lord and from His purposes. But success is definitely high on that list. So I want you to think in your life when you have experienced times of blessing where everything seems to be rolling along or you get accolades, let's say at work. Has that been or have those been times where you have drawn closer to the Lord? Or have then those been times where you found yourself slipping away? Where time alone with God was not as important. You had other things to do. You had other people to see. God just flashed across my mind people who were in the entertainment business. And there are some who, when they enter the entertainment business, have a strong relationship with Christ. They may very well have taken on this career to point to Christ. But some, not all, not all, by any stretch of the imagination, but some have allowed the glitz and glamour to blind their eyes to the Lord and His purposes and to lead them down a path that leads to destruction. Again, 1 Peter 5.8, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. What if you were in Satan's shoes and you were looking at your life? Where would you tempt you? Knowing what you know, what would you dangle? What, what carrot would you put out there? It's interesting to just think about. Do you have any young people around you? People you care about, whether it's children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, or kids at church who you love. What ways can you see Satan aiming for them. The focus on it's all about me is definitely one of his strategies. It just... How about as we close out this week's lesson, 
how about we pray? How about we pray for ourselves? Dear God, I, I pray that you would show each of us any area of our lives where you aren't the focus, where we have taken our eyes off of you and your purposes. Dear God, you give us success. You granted success to David after such a long, hard journey. He saw your promise come to fruition. But instead of pointing his eyes on you and therefore focusing the eyes of the Israelites on you and your purpose, he made bad choices. He may very well have gotten all involved in his own press clippings and thought he was all that. Dear God, we all do that too. Every one of us can allow a little success to cause us to believe that we don't need you. Dear God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would, this very moment, search us and know our hearts, test us and know our anxious thoughts, point out any way in us that offends you, and point out any way in any direction where we are focused that is not of you, and lead us in the way everlasting. And I pray for the young people in our lives, whether they be family by birth, family by the blood of Christ, or just young people who matter to us. I pray, dear Father, that you would open up their spiritual eyes and ears, that you would help them to see you and help them to focus on you, to really run the race of life with a one-fold purpose. To live in such a way that they honor Christ in all they say, all they do. May it be so. Dear Father, for any prayer request of anyone who is listening to the sound of my voice, Dear God, you know the need. I pray that your Holy Spirit would intercede for them with groanings only he can utter about needs only he can know. I thank you for each person who is listening. I pray, dear God, that you would use this scripture passage, this sad day and sad season in the life of David where David lost his focus and chose to sin again and again and again. Dear God, may we use what Satan intended for evil in David's life and see you turn it for good in our own to help us to refocus on you and you alone. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll continue through the life of David next week. 
If you have any questions, comments, you can write me encouraging others and loving Jesus at gmail.com. We have the Encouraging Others and Loving Jesus Facebook group. If you want to go back and listen to the first episodes of this podcast back in the day when it was named A Country Girl in a City World Loving Jesus, you can find the link to the hidden episodes in the show notes below. And as we sign off each and every week, remember it's always a trust and obey kind of day. <music>